Welcome to our Going Green podcast. And today we're going to have a look at really a question about can we rely on renewables? In his speech this week, Boris Johnson at his party conference, he had a look at this idea of the UK all moving to renewable energy to get rid of this gas problem and everything else by 2035. But the question is not necessarily can we do it, because if they throw enough money at anything, it can probably be done. But can we actually rely on these renewables? And Paul and I are going to spend the next few minutes having a chat and look at some of these things. So, Paul, do you think we can rely on renewables? So, um, the, the honest answer is we should be. And, and it's one of those things where it's good to be reliant. But as you saw, as we saw uh, earlier throughout the year, was that wind power was down, even though we've got more wind turbines online, the entire country, all the power turbines were actually producing less wind. And of course, the solar uh, was down. I'm not sure about any increase to the solar photonic on the grid. Um, but of course, they produce less power, which means, of course, we were then rely more reliant on gas and, and, and nuclear as a base, you know, which is causing problems elsewhere. Um, but that that's not the, the issue we're, we're discussing. We're discussing the fact that because we they, the wind power was less and we had more wind turbines put on this year to you know to yeah. generate more power they as a total generated less power than last year when we had less wind turbines so so what could be uh, a way of trying to get around these problems is it throwing more wind turbines so doubling trebling what we've got well it, it, it's hard really to say this is because of because of how variable the conditions can be and even it's sort of it relies on other things sort of you know the, does the did the jet shing dip or did it go or rise or sort you know it, it's one of those things where it should be reliable the average is is there but unfortunately it's just not there enough to actually be able to be usable or guarantee it's going to be there for when we need it. So, it yeah, I, I feel the problem isn't so much we, we can actually use wind turbines. Yes, we can. And sometimes we won't be able to use it. We can use solar power. We know it doesn't work well at night. Uh, we can use other sort of non-fossil fuel. He did say more renewable rather than sort of, um, I don't really count sort of, nuclear as really being ideal in that respect no. because you've, you've got to store the rubbish afterwards um but i think our basic problem is really still storage now we've got battery power but they're not up to it really quite yet and there are talks of doing this um liquid air storage and uh, we'll have a look at that one in a moment. Uh, we can go more hydro, I suppose. But where? <clears throat> what do you think? So, 
I, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you say, yes, we need more storage, but it, it's sort of, but then you laugh, but where are we going to put that storage? How are we going to store it? Yeah, the, the discussion of sort of whether you do it in the water or you do this a liquid air storage, yeah, or even batteries, you've still got to generate power to then store it, to then be released when it's not. So in theory, yeah, if you say the, the wind varies, then the storage should be, you should have enough electricity and generate loads more when you're making loads, like say, like last year where we generated loads. But of course, if we're generating less energy anyway, then there's less energy to store, to be re-released. I, I can see the other problem is that uh, generally year on year, our demand for electricity goes up and we've got all this talk about everyone's going over to electric vehicles and they've got to be powered somehow and we know that they're not, well, an electric car, to look at, put it quite bluntly, uses up more at the moment fossil fuel than it would do if you put petrol in the tank or diesel in the tank. Yeah, I'm not, I, afraid so. That is very much the case. If we can get everything to solar, to wind, yeah, it's going to be great. We can then, and I do say solar because quite a few people have these solar panels on top of their houses and the sort of people that have electric cars at the moment often have solar panels on their roofs as well. They're the sort of, are sort of active eco-warriors as opposed to those that go around doing sort of silly things and uh, still have uh, a different lifestyle. Uh, so electric vehicles are going to come. It'll solve the lorry crisis probably if we can have driverless ones as well and for lorries and we're going to use up more electricity. And that means not only do we need to get the amount of electricity that we're using at the moment, but the future, we're going to need more and more and more and more. You can't say to people, no, you can't play. If you're going to go to no gas heating, then we're going to have to use electricity. And you've got two means of doing that. You're either going to run something which is going to grab heat from the ground, the air, somewhere else or you're going to use it uh just to heat up an element and that's going to be very expensive yeah so it's a hard thing to actually say you know what's the problem where we're going is that fact that we're moving more power is needed the demand is increasing and so the the actual increasing the power delivery needs to be made, you know, which is why, you know, more wind turbines are being put in because there's a more demand for it. It's just not quite matching the demand or the growth of demand. You know, it's, it's, it's how long does a wind turbine take to be built, to be, you know, put out at sea, wherever, you know, minus the sort of how long does a, not a new person take, but sort of, how long does a new home uh, take to be put online and yeah. requiring power immediately? So one of the things that we talked about before we did this start of the program was we talked about, well, the wind turbines they put out to sea at the moment, 
they've done a lot of the easy ones. Uh, they're not too far out to sea. They're, they're built on the sort of seabed. But we're going to basically run out of real estate to do that. And how about going on to these floating turbines? But they haven't really got those going yet. So that's <coughs> a little problem, really. Yeah, it's coming. And, and you know, that, that's what we're saying. You know, things are coming on. You know, the innovation is is happening quite a lot. <coughs> and so it's just one of those things where you just can't really not get over it, but it, it it's happening. And people are saying, but they're unhappy with the pace of it's happening. Well, the answer is, you know, there's only so much speed, you know, unless you suddenly put more people onto it. But does that, would that actually solve, you know, it's when you say, you know, throw bodies at the problem. Does, well, it's money more than bodies, well, really. I, I think it's, it's twofold. I think it's money and bodies. But you get to a point where it's not that it's not worth it. That's the wrong way to describe it. But you're not getting that return of innovation speed increase, you know, the, the research speed, how the quicker it goes. You're not getting that. Well, I, I was looking at some figures on the how much renewable we're bringing online. And we did an awful lot. And that pace has actually slowed down of late over the last few years. I suppose the pandemic hasn't helped there. Probably a little bit of Brexit didn't help either. But it has slowed down. So we're going to really, by if we're going to do all this by 2035, we're going to have to pick up the pace quite a bit. Yeah. Well, this is where, as you said, we did the easy things first. And now we're having to work out how to do the hard ones because the hard ones have different problems or not necessarily different problems, but they're harder to achieve or to do, you know, such as the floating wind turbines. But you, of course, you've got to make them float. You know, other things sort of, you know, you're trying to plant all these trees, but where you could be planted trees, you could be putting solar panels. So Or wind turbines. Or wind turbines, exactly. So then you go... Well, do I want to plant a tree or do I want to put a wind turbine? Now, one's going to help power us, and that's fine. The other's going to help solve climate change. So, you know. We need both. We need both, but you can't put a tree and a wind turbine. Well, you, you can to a certain extent. Yeah, well. Small tree. Small tree, yeah, yeah. Called a bush. Uh, yeah, so you can do some of that to a certain extent. Uh, I don't see why people can't, if they've got a field covered in sort of wind turbines, well, they, they couldn't actually cover that field in solar panels as well. We could go to more biomass, I suppose, if thinking of farms. Can we sort of train all the cows to poop in one place and collect the stuff? There, I know there's some research done on trying to get all the cows to sort of we in the sort of shed and collect it uh and, and that's that's sensible uh they're doing that to try and get rid of the amount of ammonia uh in the eu but is it really practical trying to do that um i was thinking also we've also had 
the wave power go online off the is it the Orkneys? I think it's the Orkneys. I think we get it right yeah, this time. Yeah, and uh, that's working. It's doing well. Uh, we've been looking at this week in the news about um, Germany doing the um, wind direct to hydrogen and trying to store hydrogen. But as we've talked in other podcasts, storing hydrogen's a little problematic. Yeah, yeah. Whether you get to the point of it's the problem of storing any power or any, and it, it's a problem because it's. it's it, yeah, you know, you're you're storing it, so they're they're not quite there yet. It, it, it's it's a sink that's enabled using the excess power to then produce the hydrogen, but that's the problem. You've got to use the excess power, and you're slowly getting rid of the excess because you're using the excess as normal power. Yeah. So you still haven't solved the problem. You just push the problem down the line for someone else to deal with, but which is a bit you know. You know, very short-sighted in that regard. Yeah, so we will they be practicing, I suppose, testing out the idea of wave power, but we've only got one online. We could actually bring a whole load more, but it's money, I suppose, and determination to try and do that. Um, they've talked a lot about tidal power, blocking the sort of River Severn, Nothing's been really done about it. They, you know, they they need to do that, and they need these are, things take a long time. And twenty thirty five sounds a long way away. Well, it's it's ten. Oh well, dear, maths here. I know. Yeah. Say like twelve years, thirteen years time, really. Basically, yeah, we're talking that sort of figure. So it's, it's, it's we're a, the end of twenty one now. Yeah, I know we're at the end of twenty one. So that's but I'm saying it's it's the sort of you know, 15-year goal, but 35 is sort of a nice round, or not round number, but... Yeah, it is, yeah. And they're talking about that because they've got to try and get this climate change under control. We've got to do a whole load of things. We've got to get rid of the power, which will get rid of a lot of CO2, but not as much as other things. So you've got to get all the homes off of CO2 because we were looking... Was it last week at the houses produce more CO2 on their little boilers than the power stations? No, yeah. The the answer is it was more CO2 is produced by um, people's homes uh, globally than the entire aviation industry's CO2 output. Yeah, that was right. That was that that, that was the major headline. But yeah, if if you change that everybody's CO the houses across then of course then you've done the huge whopping but then what do you replace it with this is one of those critical issues we we know about is sort of you hear all the sort of um problem in you know problems in america they're they're reducing all their nuclear power stations that's fair enough that that's no problem except they're replacing it with what with more gas turbine power stations which is sort of you've gone from uh, I say semi-renewable. It, 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 I say it's clean. I'm not really saying it's it's non-CO2 producing, shall we say? Yeah. Power. Well, you know, right. And and which is worth it in the long run of not trying to. Clear. And then they're closing these plants down. You know the nuclear power plants, which aren't sort of the huge things. They're more very small ones, just so they can put more um, gas turbines on to, be, to supply the 
the energy that the nuclear power plant was. But you said they, one of the reasons they're doing that is because of safety. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the reason, the, the problem is that nuclear power plants, yeah, they, they're really dangerous, super, super dangerous. And so they need to have all these extra security measures in place in case all these situations happen. Okay, that's fair enough. Right, so now you sort of say, well, how do we judge the safety of a plant? And there's some measures and there's critical things and regulations, but essentially it's how many deaths or accidents, and these are non-accidents uh, caused by the plant itself, but sort of long-term sort of, yeah, like, like if you get radiation poisoning and those sorts of things take into account over the amount of power they generate okay so yeah it's a basically it's a, a, a ratio between the, how much power they produce per the the safety or the deaths or accidents caused by those things and you can look it up and so just to give you a quick estimate sort of you know wind turbines or wind farm that has something like 0 0.03 um a ratio you know, solar panels is 0 0.04, which is a major thing, sort of what happened. They're falling off the roof, probably. Yeah, so, so yeah, so so it was a, a big spike in that. And you only say wave power, or it's not what I don't think it is wave, I think it's biogas is one of them. And yeah. it's, sort of, it's very small, sort of 0 point, um, um, 0 0.3 again, you know, so very small numbers. Okay, and then you look at, all right, how about coal or even um, gas? What's their safety? And they're nearly at sort of something like three. And I'm sort of like, whoa, that's quite a big in contrast between the two. So where does nuclear fit into it? 0.07. As in it's on the, the safety side of it, in, you know. And yet people are worried about the safety of all these things. Yeah. And, and so, but the critical problem, of course, is all this regulation of safety has put the price up, or more precisely, the cost running of a nuclear power plant versus how much of the electricity is being bought for. Yeah, it's essentially it's the gas price, but for electricity. And unfortunately, it is not economical for these nuclear power plants to be run because it, it just it doesn't have to be there. Yeah, that's the economy happening. And safety costs too much is what you're saying there, really. Yeah. I, so because it costs so much for safety let's not do it yeah however you take another industry sort of like the, the gas turbines and you say they're they're pretty much safe except of course they are more hazardous working environments and yet they don't have the same safety requirements as the nuclear one which is you know it's sort of you, you know why don't they and the answer is coal gas turbines if one explodes oh it doesn't no one really cares about it. Who cares? Whereas a nuclear one, people care a bit more. <coughs> yeah, quite, they, a few, quite a few people die with those. I'm thinking of places like Fukushima and Chernobyl. Well, yeah, but you're surprised by uh, Fukushima, which is, of course, is the um, uh, Japanese one. How many people did die? And the answer is not that many, was it, really? No, it was one. Ah. A whole one person died, right? A lot of people were injured. I'm not, not putting it that way, you know. And they've got quite a big exclusion area still. That's, yeah. And will have for a, a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. But that, that's, that's, but as I said, that's taking into the previous calculation. That's all taking into it. 
and yet gas turbines which are more have more accidents have more deaths those sorts of things don't have the regulations that the nuclear one does and yet they're more hazardous so one of the things we talked about at the beginning was this idea of liquid air plants now we've got to try and store electricity somehow and currently we we store electricity by taking them and putting it into at the moment a reservoir we pump water up from a low reservoir into a high reservoir and then we let the water out and that powers uh the uh turbines great but it only goes down to a lower reservoir and then when at night when electricity is cheaper and not people aren't using it so much then we use that electricity to pump that same water back uphill using the, basically putting back all the stuff that you got out so you can use it again we're not really using that energy to HEP to create anything we're just basically using it as an energy store now in the same way we can do that with liquid air yeah it's it's not quite the same way it's a bit more complicated than that so can you take us through it oh, it's going to be quite a compressed topic oh uh, very good very yes good, yes all right so the the idea is essentially gas takes up a lot of space a, a, a you know huge huge amount of space but when you compress it right it takes a smaller spaces that's fair enough and when you liquefy it of course it's it's um, a smaller space than how much you compress it yeah but it's also liquid being is volume volume um generated not volume generated but um derived to, to give to give a figure on this if i take 18 grams of water and that we're looking at something like sort of I know a little bit in a glass, aren't we? Really? Well, it's eighteen bills, yeah, yeah. But it, it it's just sort of a little le- a bit of water at the bottom of a glass, not that much, really, eighteen grams. And you turn that to gas, that takes up a whopping twenty-four liters of volume volume of space, and twenty-four liters. Uh, you've just got to look at uh, sort of. A, a ruler and sort of measure well, you, it out you know the, the the large water gallon bucket things you know that i think they're for like five liters or five gallons yeah. or something daft it's approximately five of them five of them and that's from a tiny bit of water so eight. yeah it gives a comparison doesn't it yeah exactly so a- along those lines is sort of is what we can do is we can turn water vapor the air make and shrink it and basically compress it liquefy it so this is just air really so, not so, the water yeah, vapor, yeah. yeah right okay and that requires the energy so that you so you do that night and then when we need the energy of course we just let it i wouldn't say boil off but because we you know to liquefy it we have to refrigerate it we just let it heat up and that gives off and you know that turns the liquid into gas and basically we can fire that gas or, or when we release that gas at a turbine because it is under very high pressure because it's yeah, exactly and that spins the turbine which generates power so basically 
it it sort of is the water essentially is the you know when you pump it up and down is the sort of when we've got cheap power you compress air and when there's a sudden demand you just release it it's almost on you know on tap really but it's it's essentially well it sounds it sounds good and it sounds quite plausible there's a site in manchester that's been built a test one they're building um a, been, a larger one as yeah, well there's been quite a few i was reading about all over the place yeah so it, it is technology that works um trying to get air isn't bad because uh, it's all around us so we can easily just grab hold of the air if um they would like to they could actually make some more money on it because if you bother to liquefy all the air uh, and that's quite cold. That's about minus 200 something. Yeah, it, it it's chilly. And you allow it to just start to boil. Most of the air is nitrogen. So that starts boiling and the oxygen hasn't. That's got a slightly higher boiling temperature. And you could do fractional distillation of air and you could collect out lots of oxygen, which you could also sell. Uh, uh, we always use lots of oxygen, especially in a pandemic. Uh, so I haven't seen that technology put out with any of these places, but they could do. And that, that's then using sort of two well, things to try and help. Yeah. It's, but it's also without using, cause that electricity to do it, you know, you've already used it to liquefy it. You know, why can't you just sort of, when you're releasing your, your the, at the power, at the power, you actually release it um sort of at different times and when you're using when you've gotten to the temperature of the oxygen you just instead of you know you fire the air into the, the turbine or more precisely the oxygen into the turbine which spins it and then basically you just collect it back in back again so it, it, it's a problem sort of you know you're going to turn because the you're going to compress it back down unfortunately which i think is one of the reasons they don't do it is yeah. you compress it and then you uncompress it and then compress it again. It's a bit sort of equal to piquancy, but yeah, there are ways you can probably sort of rectify that with the cost of the oxygen, not yeah, offsetting it. But, but yeah, it, it is one of those things where in theory doing this is a lot, I wouldn't say easier. That's the wrong way to describe it, but it, it's a lot smaller than having a reservoir. Yeah, and it's probably cheaper and longer lasting than using batteries. We, we, you can get batteries. Battery technology has certainly improved over the years, but they still don't last forever. And we know that batteries gradually get worse. And we know that from cars, sort of the battery lasts a few years and then you have to replace it and recycle it. So battery technology, I still feel isn't there enough to it, power Britain. Yeah, it, it, it's not there to actually power long term. Because that makes sense. You know, it, it, it's all right in your car for, for those sort of journeys where you're using it lots and you're, but for the long term or even in the medium term, really, we're sort of, you know, you're talking about daily overnight. Um, it's a great way of actually storing the power at scale rather than just saying, yeah, we can't build in more, uh, reservoirs or pumping, um, reservoir storage. 
because they're just lacking in the space. So it it provides that opportunity to not not honestly not develop batteries. That's the wrong way to describe it. But sort of, you know, we know what batteries are good at. And currently we're trying to make batteries not so good at doing some, uh, yeah, doing something they're not so good at doing, which of course is not really worth it. Yeah. So batteries are going to be good for cars, but not necessarily for storing up all the electricity off for the national grid. Yeah, exactly. So we've got that sort of interesting problem of having all this sort of storage. Maybe, maybe we can store it in air rather than batteries. We've still got to try and get more and more electricity generated i feel not just wind but we at least do know that the waves work all the time around here and i suppose if we can take the idea of weather if you've got uh some basically i'm thinking here of wind turbines in scotland and in cornwall generally our weather is enough that if it's quiet down one end it's still sort of fairly windy at the other. In so, theory. In theory. So we're going to have to put them around more tidal, more, well, get any tidal, get more wave things going, and we might just make 2035. Well, anyway, we've done our half hour. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you've learned a little bit about this. Next week, we're going to have a look at the Earthshot Prize. Yes. Hopefully that will come out and all be there for us to do that. So until then, thank you very much for listening. And it's goodbye from me. And apparently I should say it's a good try from you, but I'm going to be different and say goodbye from me. You still haven't got it right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.